We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you. For locking in, whether you're watching this right now live, actually, on video, or whether you're listening to this in podcast form sometime, hopefully, Wednesday morning. Good to see you. I'm joined by Aaron Quinn from Cover One, and it's kind of funny. We were talking for just a few minutes, Aaron, before. Uh, we, I don't even want to say we started recording, because um, we actually are streaming now at this point. But uh, I have you on every week, but we usually do 9.30 a.m. Um, sessions here. So this is kind of weird. It's 10 o'clock at night here on a Tuesday night, if you're watching this, um, again, people will be listening on Wednesday, but, uh, it's late, dude. We're, we're old, man. This is, uh, this is new for us anyway. I'm not up this late doing this kind of stuff unless it's uh primetime football, uh, post game shows that that's about it. Other than that, dude, I I was saying to you, this is bedtime. I'm reading usually right around now trying to get some sleep. Uh, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on regularly and this is a big week. Uh, it really it is. is. I know it's been uh, slow to start here up to this point. I'm, I'm hoping I have that Greg Thompson curse here where I'm sitting with you live <laughs> and something big happens while I'm doing the the uh, Talking Buffalo show with you. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to keep scrolling Twitter. I got NFL Network on here in the background. So we'll, we'll try to keep listeners here as up to date in case Bean's working overnight here for anybody that's listening to this tomorrow. I was going to say, too, for, for people who don't know what Aaron's talking about, it was three years ago, your partner um, from Cover One, Greg Thompson, was on the show, and we were recording, and like quite literally about halfway through the recording, um, the Bills announced that Stephon Diggs was traded to Buffalo, yeah. and uh, it was exciting. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was something that's not expected. Franchise you know, changing. Franchise changing, and you know how it is, Aaron, where yeah. – before free agency, you're evaluating lots of receivers and running backs and offensive linemen or so on and so forth. Trades kind of come out of nowhere, and you don't usually see them coming. I mean, some you do, yeah. but for the most part, you don't. So that's Stefan Diggs, the, uh, especially Greg, his reaction in real time was, uh, it was something else. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. We'll see. I mean, it is 10 o'clock. And by the way, 
thank you. Because again, you know, you put aside an hour or so each week for me to, to do this show with, with you. And, uh, I asked you to tape late tonight because this is day and night two of NFL legal tampering. And I knew if we taped something early in the morning, by the time people listen to this on Wednesday morning, it would be completely, uh, outdated. We, yeah. We would have missed some stuff ourselves. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff to get to, by the way. So again, for people who are listening to this on Wednesday in podcast form, um, I'm actually going to be on an airplane. I'm headed to Florida. It's my turn now for vacation. You just had yours in Hawaii. And uh, I'm going to get away for like five days and, and go to Florida and get some sun and get a little sunshine, a little there relaxation a little bit. So, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. There will still be I'm bringing my podcast gear. So I'm still doing a show on Friday. I think it might be audio only. Not sure who it's going to be with. Uh, hopefully not. I've already had Joe from Queens on. I don't know if I could deal with him twice in a week, man. <laughs> Your boy, <laughs> come on, come on. He's probably got some good know. stuff to add about some free agency moves. I feel like he's got a level he head about that stuff. He does. Whether he's right or wrong, he's not afraid to to have a take. I've always That's given that. him, you know, credit for that. Pretty honest uh, guy, you know, when it comes to that stuff. Anyway, like yeah. I said, um, I tweeted about an hour or so before we went live here that something was going to happen on this show. I predicted that. It still might, because, I mean, mm -hmm. we're just minutes in here. But something did happen just about an hour before the show started. Um, Stefan Diggs okay. uh, yeah. did a restructure with the Bills, and uh, that's uh, the wrong update there. I'll get to that in a second with Tyler Dunn. But anyway, Stefan Diggs is, um, has a contract restructure. What and, a great uh, picture of him. Yeah, there really is. He's got um, so much swag. Anyway. $5.4 million in cap space for 2023. Mm-hmm does two things to me obviously it's going to give you some more cap room to operate and you That's know it's a matter of like 20 guessing yep. Yep. Right now. somewhere around that and also i think and let me get your take on this too mm -hmm. does this put to bed stefan Diggs' trade talk and obviously not just for this year but now next year because now when you looked at spot rack numbers like his dead cap hit if the bills were to trade him next year is well over 30 million dollars you know, that's, that's a hell of a lot of money to eat to trade a player. I mean, you must really hate a player, and he must really be bad in their locker room or bad on the football field to eat that much money. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, uh, the term put it to bed, I don't think necessarily applies because I don't ever think it was a thing. Um, but yeah, is there a non-zero chance that trade happens? I guess, like, there's always some terrible thing that you never think can happen that does uh, where a team just gets so sick of something. But I don't think any of the things that I've seen – that have been said or that I've heard to this point make me think that that is where the scenario is going. And to your point, I think this uh, restructure confirms that, that he is part of the plan of the future and that he knows that he's not going to accept this without being aware of the consequences of being restructured and what that means for the team being able to move on from that contract. Uh, so every, everybody's aware right now what they're doing. I think we get caught up in the way everything felt right at the end of the season sometimes, Pat. And even with the free agency window and the people, um, I think, feeling frustrated right now with the Bills not doing enough or not making any of the bigger moves, we forget like where this team was at prior to how it felt after they lost to Cincinnati, right? Like This is still a team that won 13 games. This is still a team that won the AFC East for the third time in a row. They're still the team that's at the top of this AFC, whether they're the top two, three, four team in the AFC. That's debatable. You can have that conversation. But all of our conversations about this off, off season 
whether it's frustration and lack of moves or whatever it is, needs to be based in the reality of like, this is still a really, really good football team with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, really high end players, even losing Tremaine Edmonds. I was a big advocate of saying, Hey, we got to keep this guy losing a player like that's going to suck, but you still have a top tier NFL uh, depth chart and roster here uh, in comparison to any of these teams that you're jealous of the moves that they're making. Some other news right before we started taping, indirectly potentially at least related to the buffalo bills uh tyler dunn put out a tweet um jamal williams update right now the running back and the lions are far apart on a deal several teams are still in the mix bills Bengals, even the panthers or bears the bills mulling what to do with devin singletary hold up right now is the running back market itself top back still waiting like literally minutes after tyler put that up to a report surface that david montgomery signed with the Detroit Lions. So it certainly looks now like Jamal Williams is gone. And I've heard him linked to the Buffalo Bills by multiple credible people. You know, I know there's a lot of rumors on the internet. You know that, Aaron. But um, Tyler's a credible dude, and, and there's other credible people out there that have linked uh, Jamal Williams potentially to the Bills. Want to get First, let me start here. Let me get your thoughts on that. And then I have a thought about Devin Singletary as well. What are your thoughts on uh, Jamal Williams right now? Productive back last year for the Detroit Lions. A workhorse led the NFL with 17 touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, I think uh, Eric uh, at Cover One has done a good job talking about how maybe some of the production is slightly overrated and that when you see the other what Swift was able to do behind that same offensive line, there's a big drop-off between Jamal Williams and Swift there and that maybe he's not as good as the production shows. I think... Sure, if this running back market dries up and that value isn't what it was anticipated to be when this conversation first came up, when it first popped up that Jamal Williams and the Bills were linked together by multiple people, like you were saying, I kind of rolled my eyes of like, this isn't really where I want to put the value. I'm actually, I'd be happier doing Bijan Robinson in the first round than giving a, any type of decent contract to a running back on their second deal, right? Like, I think that's a better investment if you're going to use a high end investment. But now if this market's starting to shift or dry up, honestly, this like this free agency pad is playing out pretty well for the Buffalo Bills in a situation where they're up against the cap a little bit and they have some of these needs running back safety now linebacker. Um, I know linebackers probably had some of the high end deals, but the safety market looks like it's kind of dried up. I know a lot of guys have come off the board, but there's still names out there and Poyer's just sitting out there. There's not even any rumors necessarily. Uh, you saw the high end deal for Tremaine Edmonds, but there's still some guys sitting out there that also that linebacker move is kind of sitting around this wide receiver room. Bill's mafia is big on this wide receiver free agency, trying to get one of these guys. That's also going to shake out where you're probably going to be able to get a deal here. I think the running back room is going to be similar. If it's Jamal Williams on a really good deal to get back and answer your question here. Sure. I want a power back. I want somebody that's a little bit different. What I don't want is to um, invest in a running back in this free agency. That's going to take touches away from James Cook or Naheem Himes. I want it really specifically for short yardage red zone work. So if he's going to come in and be that guy on a cheap deal, sure. Cool. He seems like a cool guy. He seems like he can be productive in that role, but it depends where that market is. When, again, when this conversation first started, I don't want any part of him at that. If it's down here in this market, it's a dried out market. I'm cool with that. The Devin Singletary stuff, I don't know if we've talked about it before or not, but I've definitely talked about it with Greg. I love Singletary. I would love to have him back on this team or that type of productive player. 
I get, I don't love, I don't know how you're able to take him and have a conversation with him, bring him back and say, Hey, Devin, you're going to be running back three. You're going to just have to be cool with that because that's all I'm comfortable bringing him right. back at or a player like that back at. And I just don't know. I think it's time for him as a player to maybe move on and find a role for a team somewhere in the NFL versus where he's kind of been the guy, even though it wasn't his job, he was always kind of one a his whole time here, no matter what. And so I think to him, move him down to running back three would be a slap in the face. And I don't know if you want to have that conversation or have him here. If he wants to even do that. Uh, but I don't really want to bring him back in that role that he's been in with the bills. David Montgomery got three or three years. 18 million, so six million a year with the Detroit Lions. You look at a some of the running backs out there. Okay, let me let me run off a couple of them. Besides Jamal Williams, who I do like mm -hmm. a lot, I, I think he would be a really good fit for this football team and what they're trying to do. And we've restructured Hines, right? Yes, we've restructured Hines. Yes. Uh, yep. So I still think that I think he'll have more of a role. I'm talking about Hines here in pass catching. Obviously, he's a key so, special yeah. teams player as well, kick returner. I don't know how much of a run. Put it this way: if he's a running second running back, that means Cook is your feature back. Are you comfortable with Cook as a feature back? Now, I like him a lot. And you remember last year how high I was on uh, Buffalo drafted him. I was through the moon when they picked him. But I kind of envision him having the role that a lot of people want Naeem Hines to have right now with this team. I mean, even he was never a bell cow running back, and I know you're not a fan of that term. But even in college, he didn't carry the ball all that much. Yeah. You know, what are your thoughts on that, man? When, when it comes to cook right now, potentially being a number one, let's just say the sure. bills really don't do anything. Let's just say they had a third running back late in the draft or an undrafted free agent or something like that. And now you're going into the season with cook and, uh, I minds. I don't, they won't do that. I promise that will not be the scenario. They'll add somebody here, the way that market is and the amount of guys that are out there somebody that has been on their pro personnel radar is going to get there. I mean, first of all, they got to fill this team for camp, right? They're going to have to get 90 bodies on this team for camp. So those guys are going to get signed that they don't even necessarily have intention on keeping, but they're going to fill this some way before the draft. And I don't, I won't be shocked if they also address this in the draft late uh, and try to hit on a guy to kind of funnel in some youth here. But when it comes to the running back position, yeah, I just think they will address it to a level that running back three is what matters. And I, your point of can cook be kind of the main guy. I don't know that they need a main guy, but I think he can do all the stuff that you need out of your main threat at the running back position in the NFL. And that was my concern when you guys, what people like yourself, our producer, Chris Kapner, and that, the people that were really excited about this draft pick. I saw a player that looked like too specialized of a role for where he was picked and thinking like, man, if this is just like a swing, he's going to catch swing passes and be lined up wide and go on, uh, you know, vertical routes and stuff like that. And just try to, tr you know, be a one trick pony. That's not going to work in the NFL as we saw him sort of progress throughout the season. And really even early on, you saw more patience in his run game, more ability to actually run with some strength. Like there was a number of times where I saw him moving piles. Like I think this kid has more of his brother's style to him than he got mm -hmm. credit for coming out. He's not his brother and he's not going to be that kind of guy, but I do think he can carry more of a workload than he has. I don't know that he'll ever be a 20 touch guy like that. That doesn't exist in my opinion anymore, but I do think he could be the number one a with Heinz being one B and ro rotating that with a guy whoever it is, that's going to be a shorter yardage red zone type back that can come in and give you that difference and maybe spell a game or two. If one of these guys gets nicked up.
You know, it's always when we do this type of show, we're taping this late on Tuesday night. And again, things are moving so fast that, you know, two days, even two, three, two, three days from now, things are going to play out the way they're going to play out. But I look at somebody like Jamal Williams, and the reason why I think the Bills, maybe they don't sign somebody like him is that I think there's a couple teams that really want him. I, I'm be stunned if the Bengals aren't in the plate for him in a big way because um, of what they're losing right now. But you look at these running backs, and, and I'm getting to a point here. I think by being patient, there's some pretty good running backs out there that the Bills will be able to get on the cheap because the market's going to dry up in, in that position as well. But let me throw out a couple of names for you. Um, yeah, let's do it. Miles Sanders is out there mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, uh, Madison from uh, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and, and Jamal Williams. Those are just some. Devonta uh, Foreman. Let, let me ask you, um, Casey wanted to know, um, Kareem Hunt, and again, we're streaming this. Uh, thoughts? You know, a solid compliment to uh, Cook. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think schematically – Kareem Hunt would be a good fit right now with what the Bills are trying to do. This is a really tough one for me. I talked about Kareem Hunt on our free agent wish list. I didn't pick him as my wish list guy. I did suggest that I thought this market could very much dry up on all these running backs here and that maybe there was a team that would overpay for him, but he seems to sort of be this guy that no one really has figured out how to unlock since Andy Reid really necessarily. Um, And I, I do I love his fit in Buffalo, but I think with Cook, with Hines, that time has kind of run out for him to be that guy that seems to be sort of available every year for you to get. I think that was something I was trying to do the last two to three years. Uh, And then maybe you thought you got it with McKissick. I do think you now have that with Cook and Hines. So I don't know if the fit's there for him at running back three. And I don't think he wants to come in and be that. And I'm not really, with the investment that you've made in this running back room, I don't really want to give up touches. yeah, Donta Foreman would be a guy from Carolina, 26 yeah. years old, that I'd be looking at. I think he gives you the size, um, and, and maybe he would push to be that running back, too, a little bit more. And What's an idea contract, pressure. Aaron? Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but what's mm-hmm. an idea contract for you? Now, you're talking about what you think the role for a, a Bills running back who comes in, what it would Jeez. be. Based on that, Like, what, do, what would be a reasonable contract for you? Or you'd be happy at and maybe somebody like Foreman or or Leonard Fournette or somebody like that. Like, what are you willing like, to pay if you're Brandon Bean right now? Oh, two, two to maybe four an av- average salary, something like that. Like, I don't want to give up much. Um, you just restructured Heinz. What you save one point three there. Uh, you're not paying Cook a ton. I don't know. I could get to like four million average, two three year deal. Um, maybe backloaded a little bit for one of these guys, but I don't want to pay a lot. I, if you're going to pay, I think you can always find somebody in the draft to sort of develop. Um, every other team seems to be able to do it. The Bills should also be able to. Yeah. I look, here's the one thing we've done so many of these shows now, and everybody knows this who knows you or I. Aaron is much more level headed. I don't think you get too high when the Bills are playing well, and I don't think you get too low when they're playing bad. I am. The polar opposite, man. I'm a knee-jerk reactor. It's the, the sky's falling when it's bad. I'm on top of the world when things are going good. It's just, for the most part, the way I'm built. But through my conversations with you all these weeks that we've done this show, I've kind of patterned a little bit, at least myself, more after you, where I don't I don't really let my emotions get the best of me too much when discussing the team. At least not on this show, anyway. I'm going to hold you to that, yeah. <laughs> I'll see. I, I know you will. But here's what I'm getting at. 
All these names I just mentioned, and this mm -hmm. is a position where I really think they can upgrade this room. I'm going to be pissed off straight up if they bring back Devin Singletary. I just think they could do much better. Almost every person I named over the last 10 minutes to me, it would be an upgrade over Devin Singletary. Jamal Williams, Hunt, um, Foreman, who I forgot to name the first time where you brought him up. That, that would actually be a great fit for what the Bills probably are looking to do with that room. I, I don't need Devin Singletary back. I just, I just I don't need Devin Singletary back on this team at this point. Sure. Yeah, I don't think the fit's there anymore. And again, I think that this the relationship's just not that anyone has any animosity either way, but I think it's time for him to go carve out a role for another team somewhere else and uh, to kind of part ways and find a different running back that fits a different style. How do you feel about free agency the way it is nowadays with the legal tamper? And so you wake up Monday at noon and all the madness starts again. We're taping this late Tuesday night. We're already two days in legal tamper and there's going to be a, a boatload of official deals that get announced this morning as people are listening to this. Do you like it this way or do you like it the old school kind of way where free agency started at like 12.01 a.m. on what, Thursday morning technically and, you know. Right it never now, really did though, right? Like the tweets the would come out two minutes, two minutes after free agency started, whether it was midnight the night before, four o'clock, whatever it was, when a free agency officially started, you would get tweets within seconds from all the insiders. This person's visiting this person. Now we don't, you don't even hear about visits anymore. It's pretty much everyone's just signing with whoever they're going to. But not that long ago, it used to be about player visits and stuff, and that would get exciting. Is he going to leave town? Don't let him leave town without a contract. How many times, you know, we would hear that shit. Right. What do you like better? Do you like it this way better? I, that's a tough one. Uh, I had some fun times early on in the mafia with some of those, like, don't let them leave. Like you were talking about nights where sure. you're staying up scrolling. That stuff still exists. Though you get a rumbling of a trade rumor, somebody's available. And I think right now uh, the mafia is buzzing a little bit after the Stefan Diggs cap uh, restructure. People are wondering if there's some type of move happening on in the background. Um, maybe not as excited as some of the past ones that you're talking about here. I don't know. I like this version uh, where it's spread out a little bit more. It feels like free agency is more of an event than it's ever been in terms of the NFL. They have the free agency frenzy. You know, you have days of coverage about it from every network, every website in the, even including cover one has free agency trackers. Everybody's tracking every move. Uh, the NFL, I think has really figured out more than anyone how to capitalize every moment of their calendar year and make it an event that everybody tunes into and has their eyes on and is paying attention to. And free agency is no different. I think they've, just like the draft, you know, the draft just used to be two days on the weekend. Now it's a three day event. I think sure. they have done the same thing with free agency now where it takes up an entire week of, of coverage in sports, no matter what is going on. NFL free agency reigns supreme on any sports network right now. Let's talk about the key free agent for the Buffalo bills remaining anyway, um, who has not signed. Of course, I'm talking about Jordan Poyer again, as we're taping this, at roughly 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday night, Jordan Poyer has not found a home yet. Um, I Look, man, I, I'd love to have the guy back. I'm, mm -hmm. a, I'm a Jordan Poyer fan. I think he's For a life. good player on the field. Mm -hmm. He's a good person off the field as well. He did a lot of good in this community. Yep. Um, yeah, I got nothing I, I think the injuries, you know, I, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit. I know the age matters, but I still feel like all the injuries was a little bit of an anomaly based on what 
how it's been in his career leading up to that. I'd love to have him back. I think he's a great fit. I think he's a great football player. Yep. I still feel, though, that he's going to be gone. I, I don't know where, though, because at least there's some places where it seems like the either the money or if not the money, the need has kind of dried up in these first 36 to 48 hours of, of legal tampering. Right now, you look at Jordan Poyer. Mm-hmm. I don't have to ask you if you'd like him back, because I know you would. I would love him. Most yeah. Bills fans would, of course. Again, a, a big asset on and off the field to Buffalo. But what are the chances right now? I mean, I feel like they were there. If I asked you this last week, you would say they were probably 5%. Like, Where would you put it at right now as we're taping this? And again, this might be a you know, a, a moot point by the time people are listening to this sometime on Wednesday. But do you sure. feel like the chances have increased? Or do you feel like he's at a point now where he has basically made his peace that he is going to leave Buffalo? And even if it takes a handful of days to to find a fit in a, in a reasonable contract somewhere else, he's still going to walk. It's a tough one for me to gauge here. Uh, not just because of Jordan Poirier and his relationship or what he's looking for at this point in his career, but also because of this market and it drying up, right? Like uh, there's still a number of guys available here for the bills. And this was something we talked about on the cover one Buffalo podcast. And, t- and when we we're talking about our uh, free agency wish list was, you know, this market could dry up, but does that make it harder for Jordan Poyer to return if the market dries up and then the bills can get uh, maybe not a one for one replacement, but they can get a deal on a guy that can come in and do something for them and replace somewhat of the Jordan Poyer for half what he's looking for in the market. Um, there's a number of names still out there. It is drying up a little bit, but there's a lot of, sure. there's not a lot of teams that need, uh, anyone else here and there's a lot of names in the draft and we do know you know if they're playing a game of chicken with the bills in terms of the safety position i think they're going to bank on hey we can maybe get a no-name guy that maybe the fans haven't heard of but we've got some tape on that's what they did with micah hyde that's what they did with jordan poyer yeah they've done it a number of times with defensive backs dean jackson say what you want about dean jackson this dude is a good average nfl cornerback that was a late round pick like they've done they've done it time and time again at the defensive back position i think they feel confident that they can turn a cheap asset and do something serviceable at this position if they strike out in free agency here if they have to draft a rookie whatever it is i think they feel like confident at least if they can maintain a floor that's acceptable heck dude i think they can roll out dean marlowe and let christian benford compete at that safety uh position and kind of roll patchwork some of this together if they get other things right here Uh, i think they can hide some of that so i don't know how much leverage in the free agency market jordan porter actually has to return to buffalo even if this dries up um but it might just be ultimately what makes sense for both sides it depends depending on how many days this goes for him it doesn't look good that we haven't seen you, I wouldn't expect the news to come out of Buffalo until it's reported, right? Like whether there's interest or been a deal or anything like that. But we haven't seen, or at least I haven't, any reported interest or teams having deals or anything with Jordan Poirier. And for being the type of guy, the resume that he's got heading into free agency, that's weird to me. You know, it sends off signals that like something's not right. His value, nobody's able to put a finger, finger on that value with the age, with the injuries, with where he's at, what he's looking for. I don't know that the market's able to get a fine read on that, and that might hurt him. Do you feel like, to any extent, what maybe what he said on his podcast, complaining about the taxes and not wanting to get half his money 
taken away. And by the way, for people out there who are like, well, that's just Jordan Poyer. It's not. I had Tyler Dunn on the show last week. And during the show, he talked about Chase Edmonds coming to Buffalo, taking a visit, was going to sign with the Bills until he saw the contract and read it as him and his agent and saw the taxes that were getting taken out. I agree. You're rolling your eyes. You're not wrong. Honestly, you're going to get agree. me in trouble. But I'm telling you, you, I'm just telling you, man, Chase Edmonds, Tyler told the story about uh, yeah. he literally signed with the Dolphins, which did not work Good out luck. for him. Yeah. What's it? This shit did not work out on, for Chase at all. Congratulations on keeping an extra 11% of your money eight times a year. Uh, I'm, I hope that, that was worth it to you. This is <laughs> fucking getting so ridiculous. It's going to, uh, people, I get it. I, it's not up to me to tell other people what to do with their money. If that's your gig and that's what you want, whatever. Um, but like, part of me, it, there's a lot of nuance that doesn't get involved in this conversation about that tax money, but whatever. If you want to go to Florida where there's no taxes, congratulations. Well, I'm just, there's, right. there's, there's I mean, Jordan, I mean, Jordan, it's, it's not speculation. Jordan Poyer said it on his podcast. He, he complained about other players it, have talked it, about it yeah. and it's also not speculation that his wife who is on social media a lot has complained about it a lot. And, you know, it's money out of your very, pocket. I get it. You don't a small like percentage of bills fans who have, you know, kind of kicked Jordan on the way out. Sure. maybe two three percent it kind of made it seem like it's a you know it's a lot more i i guess my question that i'm asking you though is do you feel like to some extent maybe poyer wouldn't come back or if he did it would almost be like i hate to say it this way because he's such a great player and important but like almost like putting his tail between his legs a little bit to have to come back to buffalo after it seemed like a well, foregone maybe... conclusion that he was gone even though in fairness to jordan poyer he never once said that I don't have interest in coming back to Buffalo, you know? No, he never said that. And um, maybe if the Bills offer him 11% more than <laughs> a Florida team that we can just, uh, figure it out. No, I don't I don't think that bridge is, is closed at all. Everybody involved, I think, as professionals, they know this is business. Um, at the right price, I'm sure Brandon Bean's willing to continue that relationship. I do think... This is a tough one for the Bills because I think prior to the DeMar Hamlin incident, they felt very comfortable rolling into this offseason with that safety position and having a transition of Micah Hyde and DeMar Hamlin and maybe bringing Ben Ferdinand as a reserve safety. And you had a little bit more time maybe to develop that position and get Hyde out of here and, and roll with some younger guys and fix that safety position for the long term. Now there's a lot of question marks, right? And so... I don't, I think they were happy and content with not maybe having Poyer come back. And maybe now with your loot, you've lost Edmonds. You really don't have a firm answer from what we know on Damar Hamlin. You got Cam Lewis back. You've tried that experiment. hasn't gone well. Maybe you're trying an experiment with Benford. Like maybe, the, maybe Poyer has some more leverage out of the bills than I'm admitting here and that there, there is a path to bringing him back and they're opening up some money and that these markets, like you said, you keep saying are drying out. So they might be able to get a guy back that we didn't think that was possible. Yeah, for sure. And look, I mean, a couple of teams that he was linked to like the Raiders, uh, they, they got Marcus Epps and Donovan Wilson yep. went back to uh, Dallas, but then you look at teams like Cincinnati, they lost two safeties. I mean, mm -hmm. I would assume that they're in the mix, by the way, if you're watching this live stream, I'm actually doing, some idiot Dolphin fans are solid right now and putting up their trolls right now talking about Poyer doesn't want to come back to Buffalo or whatever. Um, anyway, we'll see how he plays out. But the big news, I guess, the, the most polarizing player through this whole process has definitely been Jermaine Edmonds. He goes to Chicago. 
big contract, four years, $72 million. Uh, I, yeah. I believe 52 million of that is guaranteed. I think he's getting like $42 million too in the first two years. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I know what your thoughts on him as a player were. It, it's a loss. There's no way around it. He was a yeah. good football player. It was a loss. Um, from the Bills aspect, it's tough to pay that much money when you're paying Matt Milano a lot of money as well. But mm-hmm. it also feels like an L, Aaron, in some ways, because you, you trade up for a guy, you draft him in the first round, he becomes a quarterback of your defense, you develop him, he becomes the type of player that you hope he's going to be. And then when he gets second contract time, he walks. That's tough. Yeah, this one feels tough for me to process. This was my number two priority to protecting Josh Allen. It was, you know, re-signing Tremaine Edmonds was my number one. Hey, this is what we got to get done before the draft type thing. Um, It's it's really tough for me to process because it does leave a big hole. And if Jordan Poyer is gone, that's a pretty big hole in the back half of your defense right in the middle. And then a lot of people want to trade at Oliver. And that feels just like a gaping hole through the middle of your defense. And you're, you're going to deal with the transition, whether people like it or not. It's going to be a transition period for the defense anyway, coming off of Leslie Frazier being your play caller and being your primary guy that's getting the philosophy for game plans. It's probably switching to Sean McDermott. That's going to be a lot of pressure. Now you add to Sean McDermott's plate the pressure of now you don't have your middle linebacker. What are you going to do? Um, there's going to be an interesting period of time here it's actually a really fun time to be in the cover one uh group dm pat because the uh type of football philosophy conversations that come from okay well Mm -hmm. like we have these fits what are we going to do with these are you going to see maybe milano play some positionless linebacker like what about bernard what about specter what about some of the free agents that are out there how do we piece these things together what can we do and really i think all of our feel on this is we don't believe Sean McDermott's going to make massive changes to the philosophy of the, how he thinks about defense. But we do think if there was ever a period of time to make the changes that you want to see this defense make, whether it's being more aggressive in certain situations or trying some new looks in certain situations, now is the absolute perfect time to come off of what you've traditionally done during his time in Buffalo to sort of adapt change face a little bit of what you've been doing because you're now taking over the defense you've now lost your middle linebacker like you said the quarterback of that defense you're now losing one of the safety tandem so now is an opportunity for you to maybe you got to do it to either hide some of those deficiencies of losing those guys or maybe it's just the perfect time because you're going to get new types of players in that fit more of the mold of hey we haven't been able to close in these situations maybe it was the style of player that we were going with and how we were using those players maybe we need to change up some of this so um there might be some addition of subtraction of losing these guys in that we think about these positions maybe a little bit differently or how we attack using this defense a little bit differently going forward. If that makes sense. I know that ranted for a second there. No, it does. You look at some of the linebackers out there. If you want to try to sign a veteran free agent right now to, to replace Edmonds, the market is dried up with some really good ones and one off the board, but there's still a couple names out there. Um, Vontae Davis, the biggest name That's by it. far. That would be it for me. That, that if he, you're going to try to replace He's been linked to uh, the Bills by a couple of people that I believe. Um, I don't know how far if it's one and you know anything more than maybe an exploratory talks, but um, mm-hmm. him, Wagner, who I just get this feeling he's going to end up back in Seattle. Like, and these these episodes, by the way, are tough to do because again, 
He might be signed somewhere else by the time people are listening to this. Uh, well, we'll keep, we're trying to keep updated. I'm looking right now. So Yeah. Um, Devin Bush is another guy I've heard a lot of people have opinions about from Pittsburgh, obviously with injuries and stuff like that, but he was a, a good talent at some point. Yeah. I don't know, man. Aaron, this is a Sean McDermott head coach team. And at the end of the day, to lose Jermaine Edmonds, to likely lose Jordan Poyer, and I just don't see them getting only – lower end replacement level players they they're going to do something is my point i know everybody wants to see the bills pour all this cap room and resources into the offense i just don't see sean taking two big hits to the defense and not really doing much i i agree with your point about changing some things up but man the personnel wise those are just two really big blows assuming jordan porter of course is gone and uh, I don't know. I just I, I think they're going to do something. They could be in the market for Julian Love from uh, the Giants. Did he sign yet? I think he might have. I think he might have resigned with them. They have him on spot track still. Do they? Um, let, let me pull up a question here too. I'll ask you: What's the best strategy of linebacker to replace Edmonds? We kind of talked about Levante David, Bobby Wagner draft. I like Bobby Wagner. Now look, he's not Bobby Wagner of you know years Man. past. Let's Love just say the Bills, the would way. you still be willing to throw money at him right now? Sorry, who? Bobby Wagner. No, I'm not throwing any money at Bobby Wagner anymore. I think um, I think PFF grades him pretty well, but he, I I don't think that's the answer. I would rather go with in-house and try to develop some of the guys and play positionless linebacker, make Milano the mic, then bring in an aging guy like that. If you're going to bring in an aging guy, it's got to be Levante David, in my opinion. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I'm back with Aaron Quinn here. Let's uh, talk about the other side of the ball for a couple of minutes. The Bills have made one outside signing so far, a, a guard formerly of the Dallas Cowboys. Kind of talked about him with Joe on the show a little bit, but I know that you would know 
you know, a lot more about him. Connor McGorman, of course, I'm talking about. What were your thoughts on him? He kind of fits the profile, I think, anyway, of what the Bills have looked like on offensive line over the last few years. The book on him is he's a good pass protector, not so good uh, run blocking. What are your What are your thoughts on this move? Perfect. <laughs> I just want to protect Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> That's your, that was your model. That's going it. Back Honest, weeks now, and honestly, in the free agency process, I missed here. Um, I did not. This was not on my radar uh, for the Bills as a fit. It probably he probably should have been. Uh, really fits their archetype in terms of like tall, athletic guys. Uh, and for such a tall and athletic guy, what I was surprised with when you look at the RAS score and you see his size and that height and that length, a lot of times that doesn't translate to smooth. Spencer Brown isn't a great example of you see that height and that length and that athleticism, but then you just see him get rocked back by guys and just be kind of discombobulated in terms of his pad height and where his head is. And Eric did a great breakdown of uh, McGovern here. If you can go on YouTube, I think it was only like a 20 minute breakdown, but he broke down a bunch of pass protection sets and showed the athleticism of this guy. And what stood out to me, man, is uh, Eric brought up a great uh, analogy that you could put a cup of water on this guy's head and it's not going to move. Like he moves really quick, really sharp with a lot of balance, a lot of athleticism. Um, I, I think it will be a good fit. I don't think he'll stand out. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top guard but i do believe that he has the ability to be an upgrade at that position right away come in be a starter and provide you better pass protection than you had from josh allen or for for josh allen in this past year on the interior offensive line and this is huge uh, for the buffalo bills if that renders true again eric showed a number of highlights where he was just anchoring it uh recovering you know he would get beat on the first part of the rep and then he would anchor in and recover. You just didn't see that consistently from the bills interior uh, line. And that was where a lot of the problems in pass rush happened for Buffalo. So I do think this is uh, a really nice sneaky signing actually shows that we have gone on here for almost 30 minutes before even talking about it. We probably, I think in a couple of years, we might look back and be like, we probably should have talked about that sooner in the episode. Like this could be the type of signing, which Bean has been trying to hit on, which is sort of, Hey, we want to hit on a mid tier starter. That's really going to do a solid job for us and uh, helping us build this offensive line. I don't think they want to pay top dollar across their offensive line. Um, and so this was one I it probably lined up where I should have had more eyes on him in free agency. And I didn't, I think it's going to be a sneaky, nice move from Brandon Bean here this off season for people that are upset, you know, it's never sexy to get guards, but it's definitely not sexy when you don't get one that's on anybody's top 10 list. I always like when you go get somebody on day one of tampering, I mean, you definitely wanted him, you know what I mean? He's not somebody who kind of fell in your lap. The bills went out, they identified mm -hmm. someone that they liked and clearly they went out and got him because they sent him on a Monday, by the way, tongue in cheek comment here, but and I said, I want to love anything more than the bills love signing special teams players. We mm -hmm. signed their own every single year without fail. And it's not necessarily a criticism because they go on and they do plenty. It's not like this is a team that sits back and does nothing every year, but right. it always starts with the special teams, guys, man. Yeah. Always, always, always. What's your sense of special teams are what they are, right? You know, yeah. we know why they resign them. I do feel bad, though, for Cam Lewis. You know, Bill's social media director, wherever you are, put out these tweets. Might want to wait a little bit. Like, I don't know if you were paying attention on Monday, but so Jermaine Edmonds goes to Chicago. Yeah. And literally about three minutes later, the Bills put out a tweet that they re-signed Cam Lewis for one year. The mentions were not pretty. 
Not that it gets Sam Lewis. Do? It's just like I what said, are they going to do? They, when it gets filed with the league, they got to tweet it out. They got a process. They've, there's nothing right. they can do. I agree. But anyway, all right, fans so- need to stop being jerks about stuff like that. It's not Cam Lewis's fault that you're mad at the team. What are you yelling at? The social media intern that's got to read all that stuff. What are you yelling at them for? I've never understood that, dude. Pat, I can't tell you how yeah. many times people will be like, I'll have a good idea. And they'll be like, I hope the Buffalo bills are reading this and tag them. Like, dude, what do you, Jessica in the, in the social media department isn't like paging Brandon Bean at four in the clock in the morning. Be like, you see Aaron Quinn's seven, one, six is about this move. Everyone thinks you should make like, that's not the people that think this works like that. I'm it blows my mind. Pat. Anyways, continue. <laughs> no, that, that that's a good rant. So we're going to wake up again. People are going to listen to this on Wednesday. We kind of know where the Bills are cap-wise at this point. There's still a couple things they could do. I mean, Trey White's in play. Deion Dawkins, if they need to find some more money, there's things they could do. They can restructure. There's lots of things they could still do. They could cut a couple players that they need to. We're we're here on Wednesday. Free agency's now officially started. What's your sense on what you see the Buffalo Bills doing? You don't necessarily have to name like specific players, but you kind of got an idea of where they're at in terms of cap space. You kind of have an idea. They've already lost their middle linebacker. Very likely going to lose Jordan Poyer as well. You know that they've filled that guard spot for now. You know, so I, I think they're pretty much set at guards. I don't see them really doing anything there. You're talking running backs, uh, potential wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. has been linked to the Buffalo Bills. He ain't getting $20 million a year, by the way, from anybody. Listen to no. that right now. Yeah. I know it's what he allegedly what he he wants. That's not going to happen. But the Bills definitely have interest in him. I feel like the wide receiving free agent market as a whole is pretty thin. I don't yeah. know if you agree with that. You know, you got Juju Smith. I, there's Art. some guys I would add to the team. I, you talked about Paris, what Paris Campbell. It was either you or Greg that talked about him. I, we both recently. have talked about him. He was my um, uh, Goldilocks. Coming off, uh, he's had a lot of injuries coming off playing for the Colts. Uh, that has been a dysfunctional organization. I think you could buy low on a prospect that was high on most people's uh, drafts. I mean, he got picked before Terry McLaurin, uh, and a lot of people were higher than, on him than Terry McLaurin. I'm not. I don't think he is going to ever be better than Terry McLaurin, but I think you would buy low on those high end traits that made him uh, highly sought after draft prospect and put him as wide receiver four and see what happens. So he could be. There's a couple diamonds in the rough sure. when it comes to the receiving class and then you look at tight end and i think i've talked to you about this before i'm very much for the bills adding a good second tight end they talk they i think they tried to do it last year with oj howard it just simply uh you know it, it didn't work out but i look at this tight end class you got dalton Schulton, gasecki hooper irv smith robert tanyan hayden hurst cam Brate. some pretty good names some good pass catchers out there that i would love to see the bills get a more skilled uh tight end two than, than Morris, what they have right now. And then you look at one other position, right tackle. I believe Brandon Bean, I took him at his word. I think Spencer Brown is the starter, but I do think you could do better than Quisenberry and, and getting a veteran who might be able to push him. But again, you're looking at this market, Aaron. Okay, right tackles are costing a lot of money, man. So anyway, you look at the cap situation and you look at these needs and some of these players and positions. What do you kind of foresee happening starting today and over the next handful of days or a couple of weeks? I think um, 
a little bit, I have nothing to back this up. I think a little bit Sean McDermott is frustrated that he lost both Leslie Frazier and Tremaine Edmonds over the last whatever mm-hmm. amount of weeks here. I don't think that Bills, I know a lot of Bills fans are celebrating that those two things happen. Um, there's a section of the fan base that wanted both those things to happen. And definitely I hate that. Both individually that wanted some of that to happen. So you're getting your wish uh, now, but I don't believe that is what one Bills drive was anticipating going into this offseason or they definitely weren't hoping for it. I think they knew it was a possibility and a reality. So in my opinion, I think they are going to attack this linebacker position for the year. Um, I won't be shocked if it's a Levante David deal where, again, it's a maybe it's a two year deal where it's really one year deal, but it looks good enough for him to feel have some pride putting it out there across the ticker tape. Um, could see it being attacking safety or uh you know, I still think there's a part of me, Pat, that believes Brandon Bede's itching to make a big trade. We've seen a number of big trades on expiring contracts. Maybe some of this money that he's moving around is to land a Jerry Judy type of thing that we've hear, sure. heard some guys on the move where he just has an opportunity to, to backfill some talent. And we know that he has a tough time not being aggressive. He says every year he's not going to do it. And then every year he does something where it's like, holy shit, where'd he pull that one out of? And the NFL's different now with trades. It used to, it it used is, to never be man. trades. Now there's trades all the time. I love we, it. We've seen a ton of them. And so it makes you really open up and go through spot track and look at, okay, so who, everyone that's got an expiring deal, let's go look through them. And there's a bunch of dudes. And so, uh, I think primarily, if I had to guess, I, I do think they're going to prioritize the middle of that defense, trying to get something done there to fill that hole um, so that they don't necessarily have to use uh, that first pick on filling a starting hole on the defensive side of the ball. I think they want to go into the draft not having to fill starters on the defensive side uh, specifically. So I, I do expect it to be where they're tar- clearing up the cap and targeting is is giving assets to the defense, which is what people wanted to avoid with losing Tremaine Edmonds. But I think the loss of him and potentially Poyer is just, you can't ignore it. Tremaine Edmonds was one of the more polarizing players I can remember. I did a poll a couple weeks ago where I asked fans, he's going to get a big contract from somewhere. Do you want it to be Buffalo who's giving it to him? It was literally 50-50, over 1,000 yeah. votes. That's how close and how divided it was. One was this that Tyrod, nobody was more divisive nobody. than Tyrod. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe point. Tyrod. Maybe this was close, though. Yeah, I did forget about one position that we should have talked about because they're going to have to address it, and that's backup quarterback. No, oh, case yeah. Keenum goes to Houston, sure. And some guys have signed, by the way, Taylor Heineke. Uh, you see that got a, a deal up to 20 million two years in Atlanta. That almost sounds like I'm coming in to be a man. I don't know what Atlanta's gonna do. They are <laughs> man, they gave Jesse moves, Bates dude. a lot of money, man. Wow, wow, they really did. But anyway, so I wrote down a couple quarterbacks who could mm-hmm. be of interest to Buffalo. Marcus Mariota, who I, I think you and I both agree would be a good fit here in this system. At least yeah, I do. I'm pretty That's sure my would. he was my Goldilocks top. Yeah, during uh, the free agent show. Yeah. yeah. Um Jacoby Brissett's out there, uh Teddy Bridgewater's out there. Mason Rudolph's out there. A couple others. Gardner Minshew. Don't sleep on him, by the way. I, I just get this funky feeling. It feels like kind of a Mitch Trubisky situation where maybe he comes here, learns for a year, and plays well if he gets a chance and he could go and get a starting opportunity the following year. And then one other guy. And it's funny. I did my show with Joe yesterday. Carson Wentz. Again, I told you I'm going to be pissed off if Devin Singletary is resigned. 
I'll be 20 times more pissed off if the Bills sign Carson Wentz. Keep that dude away from this organization. Yeah, I, don't. I want none to do with him. But anyway, these quarterbacks, let's assume, because we both agree about his Mar- Marcus Mariota, but let's just say, I don't know, he finds a better situation where maybe he has an opportunity to at least compete for a starting job somewhere with a rookie. Um, who's one or two guys that you wouldn't mind seeing here in Buffalo this year? Backing up Josh, which it's kind of a moot point because if Josh goes down, well, maybe a week or two it matters. But yeah, you know, just like most teams, your quarterback goes down six, eight weeks, you're in a shitload of trouble. But I don't know, one or two guys that like you think would be good fits here that would work out well. Yeah, I mean, I would love uh, Jacoby Brissett, but I, I think his market sh- should have been a little bit stronger in terms of a bridge. I thought he would maybe get scooped up early on in the process for being probably the best prospect available to be a bridge quarterback for if you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, outside of Mariota, be that if that market fell out, and then really after that, maybe Teddy Bridgewater for me. It's it dries up right after that, though. You're talking about long term backups that you're not going to win football games with these guys consistently baker maybe you could talk me into big i, I think sounded like baker tampa. had some legitimate interest uh tampa like well. he, he might have an opportunity i think he still could go somewhere and at least compete to be a starter i don't see him coming to buffalo and by the way no, i don't, not, I don't like him no, uh, i don't know man this list isn't great there there's nobody here that outside of I think you can win some games. You could probably win like a month of football with Jacoby Brissett. I think he could lead a team like this into some victories. I think Teddy Bridgewater might be able to do the same thing. I definitely think you could win a handful of games with Marcus Mariota. The rest of these guys, man, I don't, I wouldn't feel good. Even Tyler Huntley, like maybe you can get an offense working with, with a guy like that Minshew maybe, but he had an opportunity with Philly and looked pretty bad. Like Philly's was loaded across the board, both sides of the ball, great offensive line. He didn't look good. Like, I think the, the Minshew mania took off and, and probably never needed to be as high as it was. Um, so I don't know this, it doesn't look good, but again, to your point, I don't care. Like unless it's an injury like last year where he probably should have sat three, four weeks and played, you need a guy maybe for that. But otherwise if Josh Allen's missing any, significant time where you need to go to a backup or fucked anyway, the whole season. 150%. Absolutely. Uh, Three quick things. And then we're going to wrap up with our uh, fill in the sentence that Aaron Quinn and I do every week. Um, Look, Bill's fans hate hearing this. And I don't know, maybe you don't agree with me right now, but Miami is really, um, I like what they're doing. I mean, they trade for Jalen Ramsey, which, you know, there's a couple people out there thinking it's just again Jalen Ramsey that you have from five, six years ago. You're not, but he's still a sure. good player. But I like that they uh David Long, the linebacker, they signed him. I like him. Mm-hmm. And then they re-signed on Tuesday both their running backs. Well, if they can stay healthy, Raheem Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson is a nice one-two combo in that offense, man. I really uh I gotta I gotta give it to Miami. There yeah. I, I feel like they're having a a good offseason. Of course, it's all going to come down. And by the way, they also um, signed Mike White, who is a pretty good core. I think Mike White's not a bad quarterback, you know, so it's a good sure. backup to have there. Um, sure. Could win a couple games if something does happen to Tua again. Obviously, it comes down to Tua if you're Miami, but I don't know, man. These two teams, yeah. we'll talk about the Jets in a second, too. Um, You know, the, I, I, had, I did an episode a month or so ago. The AFC mm-hmm. East just feels like it's shaping up to be a bloodbath. Maybe not so much with New England right now, but uh, these, these teams are good, man. I, Miami's doing well. On paper, they sure are anyway. 
Yeah, they looked good last year for stretches. Like, no Bills fan should sleep on the Jets or the Miami Dolphins. These are good football teams. Sure. They're going to give the Bills a problem no matter who is lining up for them right now. Like, they, they're just good rosters. They're going to give you some sort of problem. Uh, I tweeted out the other day, though, like, remember how we talked about the AFC West when all those crazy moves happened this time last year about the mm-hmm. AFC West? And everyone's losing their minds. Even Bills fans, uh, the radio was going nuts of like, oh, man, the Bills got to make a move now to keep up with these teams that just made all these moves. That The AFC West is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be crazy. No one's going to come out of there. KC ran it just as always, just as expected. No one was talking. Travis Kelsey's right. Everyone was like giving him a hard time for saying nobody's talking about KC. Obviously, people started talking about him as they got hot again. But early in that offseason last year, everyone got hot on every other team in that AFC West. And people were sleeping on KC for losing Tyreek Hill, for losing a bunch of stuff. They weren't going to be able to maintain the success they had. The Bills sort of feel like, you know, in this culture of recency bias where every Super Bowl halftime show is the greatest Super Bowl halftime show. Every thing that we see last is exactly how it was and how it is. I think the that people are still down on the Bills, but they're not going to be like I Aaron Rodgers can come to the Jets and the Bills are still going to be the best team in the conference in the division until they're not. Like the Bills have won it three times in a row. They've they've dominated this division three times in a row. Like, yeah, sure, you can get a really good quarterback and have a good roster and field a good team, but you gotta come out here and take that from us, in nice. my opinion. And until you do, that's that speaking of the dirtbag. The piece of shit, Aaron Rodgers. I, you know, I'm not saying that because he's going to the Jets. I just, I have hated this guy for years. I think he's a I'm horrible person. He holds that Green Bay fan base hostage and that organization year after year. Anyway, of course, now it's um again Wednesday, 1 p.m. He's going to be on the Pat McAfee show. I'm sure you're probably thinking the same thing I and most people do that it's probably where he's going to announce that he's going to play I for the know. Jets. You don't, don't think, think so? so? No, I think he's no? going to kick everyone around for the rest of the week. No, I think he's going to get on there. Well, he's going there ultimately. You don't think he's going to do it on the Pat McAfee show? Which again, if you're if you're here, if he's going to talk, it's too late. But. Yeah, if it's going to get out before the end of the week, maybe he'll control it and do it here. I my immediate reaction was everyone's going to tune in and he's going to do some condescending attitude bullshit where it's like, I'm a victim of the media and everybody's making a bigger deal than this than they have to. And uh, this is what's really going on. And I'm just, I'm just taking my time. This is a real big decision for me and my life. And he'll play a victim and kind of be condescending and just drag it on a little bit longer here. Um, He's ultimately going there though. He's ultimately going there. They, they signed Lazard. They signed Lazard today too. Kumro's probably heading there. Oh, Kumro's definitely going to be going to uh, the Jets. There's no question about it. Look, I, and I agree with you too. I still say, and it's only March, but I still say the team, the Bills are still the team to beat. But if you are these teams, you you have confidence now. If you're Miami, Jets they, fans they, and Miami fans should feel good. They should. Miami could be like, listen, we had half our team. Now we know how afterwards how you know worn down the Bills were and all this stuff now. But still, at the end of the day, you're Miami. You came here with a third-string quarterback, and you almost beat the Bills sure. in the playoffs. If you're the Jets, you beat them during the regular season, and the Jets' defense plays really well against the Bills. And now, look, Aaron Rodgers ain't MVP Aaron Rodgers anymore. 
but he's still a hell of a lot better than Mike White or Zach Wilson. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you're these teams, you definitely, you got confidence, man. Um, and the Bills looked wounded the last time I saw them to, to the point of recency bias and how we view these things. Sure. I don't blame these teams for feeling like there's blood in the water and that there's an opportunity to strike. I just don't think it's the case. I do think even though the Bills are re-signing a lot of core special teamers and doing a lot of stuff that's not necessarily sexy, I think when the, all this settles and all this dust settles, they'll still be one of the best teams in the AFC when all is said and done. I agree, and I think even if the Bills have a lousy offseason by fan standards, even if they don't make any splashy things, if Brandon Bean's true to his word, if they don't go get Beckham or a big-time running back, and for the most part, if they run it back, I still think they're going to be a, they're a very good team. I think they ran out of gas last year and, and had some issues. One other quick thing, too, by the way. I took a beating on Twitter. Let me know if this take is outrageous to you. So the Giants go out, they get a really good middle linebacker on Monday. Then on Tuesday, they trade for Darren Waller. They made the playoffs last year. They beat Minnesota. And they advanced to what? The divisional round against Philly. I said that I think the Giants could be a Super Bowl contender this year. Am I crazy? You might go out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did you hear what I said about no. the Giants? Yeah, so they advanced to the divisional round against. They advanced to the divisional yeah. round last year, and they picked. They got Waller in a trade. They got yeah. um. They got that linebacker from Indianapolis on Monday. Mm -hmm. I like this team. Dable now has a year of experience under his belt. Yes, Daniel Jones, who people do not like on Twitter, I learned that today. He has another year of experience. I think the Giants are a Super Bowl contender right now in the NFC. Whoa! And I, I took a beating for that shit on Twitter on uh, Tuesday. A Super Bowl contender? Yeah, why not? The NFC's not that loaded. The Phillies losing a lot of players. There's not a lot of great teams in the NFC. And the Giants, uh, they were good last year. And why Why don't they take another step this year? And they got Darren Waller, man. I like that. that that's a great addition. I don't think I'm not sold that they're the best team in that division. Um, I think they, a little bit of their playoff run was a little bit of magic caught in a bottle. I think they still got some work to do on that roster. Maybe, maybe they, I don't, I think Super Bowl is strong. I think that's a strong take. Super Bowl. Daniel Jones doesn't. Well, do I that. screenshotted that shit yeah. and a lot of the nasty comments that people ripped on me. Um, all I might bookmark on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna. Here's how we get out of here each week. Aaron and I do uh, three questions, kind of random, and these are to give people who watch and listen to the show uh, an opportunity to know a little bit more about Aaron and myself on a personal level. Kind of random questions. We call it finish the sentence. I'm gonna put up a graphic. I'll read it for people who are listening, and then just give me whatever your answer is gonna be, and uh, we'll go from there. And again, these are always random too. Um, the first one. Here we go. The worst topping to go on a pizza is blank. For me, it's barbecue sauce. I fuck. I hate barbecue pizza. Ew, if I, I, I one, I don't like. I only like red sauce. Really, like I can do like a white sauce or whatever, some pesto stuff. But uh, adding flavors that aren't like traditional pizza flavors to pizza isn't my thing. Um, me I neither. Don't people like that stuff. But I don't even like barbecue sauce really on anything. Like even my barbecue, I kind of just like the naked Memphis style dry rub stuff. I don't love like traditional sweet barbecue sauce. I agree with that. And I'm the same way too, man. When I'm very, I'm a plain Jane kind of eater as it is. And when it comes to pizza, give me pizza, pepper, you know, pepperoni and, and cheese yeah. and, 
Yeah. Like that's all I need. If I had to say one specific thing, maybe I would say uh hot peppers. I don't like those. Yeah, I don't like mushrooms. Anchovies. Anchovies yeah. is weird. I will say though, I had this recently. I had a chicken finger pizza, and that actually was really good. And I again, for the most part, I don't like anything except cheese and pepperoni. But cut up chicken fingers on there was actually uh, uh pretty good, man. I'm gonna butcher their name, Elise over on Sheridan, Elise's pizza. Uh, I don't know. They do pizza by the slice, but they have like a stinger pizza where it's like a Buffalo stinger pizza. It's really good off topic because you mentioned a restaurant real quick before we get to our next question. I want a quick take from you on this. Let me know if I'm wrong. You know how I always review wings places, right? Correct. For the most part, I love them or I find nice things to say. I went to a restaurant on Sunday. I'm not even going to say the name of the place because I don't want to bring any more bad publicity to them, but I hated the, I hated the food. It was awful. The service was shit. And I wrote very negatively about it and posted it on social media and got a couple of messages from people who didn't appreciate that. Do you think, do you think I was in the wrong for doing that? That's honestly, is a, you can tell. Hmm? Yeah. This is a tough one for me because I worked in the restaurant industry for years. Uh, I would have to read those reviews from people and it would just boil my blood uh, on Yelp and stuff like that uh, because some of it was true <laughs> and I didn't want to read it, but some of it was just, you got a bad experience in a moment um and it isn't indicative of us and now people have to see that so i don't know it's tough i think in the position you're in it's also a tough spot for you to be in because not that uh i don't know that um i I know that you do it as hobby but you review things and you give your take and your word and like honestly that i've gone to eat wings and been like hey pat said this place is good like i want to check it out right like your word matters if you had a bad experience, I think that that also matters and you want to tell people. I definitely don't think what you want to do is come out here and say or, or hide it to make anybody's feelings feel better that you were out there and it was right. better than you anticipated. Right. So that's a tough spot to be in. Um, I don't know what the right thing to do is if people want the praise of a review and what that can do for them. You also have to live with you know, yeah. the other side yeah. of it, too. I feel like I owe it to people to be honest with them. Yeah. And to your point, you know, I probably get more interactions and, and views and, and stuff like that when I do food, re- food reviews and when I do um, sports stuff. So yeah. anyway, I don't know. I, I was just wondering what your thought on this. Yeah, Let's yeah, move yeah. on here. A band or musician that I've always felt was underrated is blank. It's kind of tough, man, because there's a lot of them. This is a tough one. And we I'm gonna give you a hard a little bit of a hard time. We're going a little last minute with some of these. Usually I have a night to like sleep on these questions. And today I didn't have it. Um I got a bit of a coin flip here. I'm gonna think I'm gonna land on Brian Adams. Uh that could just because I've had to defend him so many times in my life to people who are like, dude, this is so corny that you're even talking about how awesome he is. And every time though, I challenge somebody, I'm like, hey, where whether it's in the Spotify era or whatever, uh, I used to let people borrow my Brian Adams greatest hit CD all the time and be like, hey, just play it, take it for a car drive (laughs) and just play it. And you're gonna the hits are gonna be more than you realize that he had. And everybody walk comes back to me and they're like, yeah, you're right. Like it went on for an hour and it was still going on with hits that I knew about this guy, whether you like his style of music or not. Um, so he's one. And the other one that I will still have for an honorable mention, because you've seen me defend this a lot, pisses me off. Janet Jackson, like the the way we view her career now is blows my mind how people think she's just some like other mediocre yeah. woman vocalist that's like on the bottom, you know, in the t- 
bottom of top 20 lists and stuff like that. That blows my mind that she's viewed that way now. Cause she's dude, she stood toe to toe with her brother on stage and on sure. songs and stuff like not a lot of people can do that. Agreed. A hundred percent, man. Um, I got two. One of them is an eighties pop band that I, I feel like, especially a lot of younger people who might be listening or watching this. I don't even know. And that's the jets in the eighties. They were really, really good, man. And the eighties is known as pop music. The, all these pop groups, no one ever talks about the Jets, man. And they had a string of some nice-ass hits. Slow jams and some dance songs. Make It Real, You Got It All. Those were good slow jams. And they had Crush On You, Rocket To You, Cross My Broken Heart. A lot of good songs. And here's the other one. And I know when I say this, you're going to be like, huh? Because you and I would never do this. But my other one is Brian McKnight. Now, you and I, do we underrate him? Hell no. If you watched about a month or so ago, we did our top 10 singers of all time or whatever. And we both had Brian McKnight on the list of all time. But here's the deal. I feel like in the modern R and B era, when people are talking about the general public is talking about the best, they're talking R Kelly and they're talking baby face. So if you're talking groups, you're talking Jodeci or boys, the men, I don't hear enough people talk about Brian McKnight and I'll put Brian McKnight's collection in, in catalog of music from the nineties and in the early two thousands from that era up against anybody but people don't talk about him a lot outside of you and i of course or do you disagree with me do you think he is more respected i don't know man it's t- uh people that i respect about music love him um and talk the way you and i do uh regardless of their style and genre of music but yeah no i think by the general public i've always found him to be underrated his style never really met meshed well with the, even though what he had popular hits in the early 2000s he had some great ones that were just on the radio constantly in the early 2000s his style never really meshed well with the sort of hip-hop slash r&b that right. sort of mended through together through that period of time a couple of his cds i listen to me when i tell you pat that i have owned up until the Spotify era had owned every single Brian McKnight CD that ever came out, every single one of them, I'll tell you. And I did, and they stuck in my CD player and I listened to on repeat. I know every one of this guy's songs, he tried to fit into some of those and some of his CDs and it just wasn't necessarily a fit. And I think that hurt his overall sort of how he was viewed by the general public because he never got in those like the p diddy and a hit with the neptunes or something right. like that like everybody was trying to get like a dance club hit and that's just not who he is but if you want a real real grown-ass man love song to play to somebody which again that's not for everybody and i think that uh one of my things i appreciate most about you is that you love a good ballad you love a good love song if you're into that genre at all he needs to be right there in that top five for yeah me. i'm probably more of a ballad guy actually than a, than a fast jam guys i kind of been like that for whatever reason uh Same. my whole life all right one more here man uh the worst physical pain i've ever experienced was blank dude this is runaway easy uh i had kitty stones uh a couple Never years had back. yeah uh and the pain was so weird that it at some point became not painful it almost felt like an out-of-body experience for like a minute i i was like in just terrible pain couldn't sleep uh just like hard to describe even just like burning sensation felt like i had a pee nothing was coming just like groaning in pain went downstairs got a heat pack to just like put 
down in my below parts, just like getting something to go down there uh, because it was just so much type of pain. Took a couple of Advil, fell back asleep, woke up just sweating, almost wanting to vomit in pain. Like, dude, I'm just telling you, like, I don't handle pain while I'm a pretty big sissy, but this oh was my. just, <laughs> this was like, I, if I wanted to go to the hospital, I don't even think I could have gotten myself up and into the car. And I literally like passed out in pain and in sweating. And I woke up in the morning and passed the stone. Actually the stone passed easily. It was everything that led up to that. Like I woke up in the morning and went to the bathroom and the stone just came out, but it was everything that led up to that was like, honestly, I look back on it now. Um, and I've had a few different types of experiences, whether they are induced by uh, outside chemicals or other types of things. I've had different experiences in life. This was the closest to what people talk about, like a real out of body type of that, that type of pain. I don't wish upon anybody. Um, I, I know that it's compared to pregnancy. I think pregnancy is probably way worse, but I think that's if there's any other types of pains like that, I don't want anything to do with it. I've been fortunate. I've, I've never had that for me. I had appendicitis and that itself wasn't all that bad i remember i got sick i started puking all over the place and my wife took me to the hospital had the surgery again none of that that big of a deal but what happens is they they pump you up with i don't know what they put in your body but they basically bloat you big time so they can do the surgery right and it eventually comes out of your pores and i'll never forget this I came home from the hospital walked up the stairs and the air, just whatever it is, seal, whatever it was, just came out of my pores. It was, it felt like somebody was taking forks and uh, just stabbing me all around. It lasted about 20 minutes. And to this day, my wife will tell you, I, she never heard a, a man scream as loud as I did, man. It was painful as, uh, as all hell. But anyway, all right. Well, that was fun. And that's going to do it for this show. So again, we're dropping this on, on Wednesday morning podcast form. You and Greg going to be live Wednesday night. We're not. Uh, Greg is traveling. He's actually wasted right now. He's been uh, text messaging me. He's drunk on a work trip in Disney. Nice. Living it up. Uh, so if you see him late night, shit scrolling. Uh, <laughs> like, give him some but no, we will be back at it Thursday evening um he's hopefully going to be back uh and we're going to be doing a show then so keep an eye out for us then all right so thursday night cover one buffalo podcast with aaron quinn and greg thompson make sure you follow aaron on twitter at aaron quinn 716 i will have a show from florida on friday again not quite sure who the guest is going to be and then you know what's going to be cool is next week aaron and i will be on and by next tuesday we'll be back in our normal tuesday morning time slot by that point all these things that we're speculating on now, what the Bills might do, a linebacker or running back or backup quarterback stuff, we'll at least start to have some, if not all, clarity on that. But anyway, that'll be uh, next week. Thanks again, Aaron. Always good to have you on, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy. Enjoy, enjoy the vacation. Get some sunshine. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.